This is Where the Asians At, a podcast dedicated to introducing artists of Asian descent, as well as talk about the rising number of Asians in the entertainment industries. I'm your host, RJ Bagus. In today's episode, we talk to rising pop artist Chloe Tang of Phoenix, Arizona. We both have the great distinction of being taught by Bedham Plum, the current program director of University Pacific's Music Industry Studies program. Chloe and I talk about her music, her experiences in the industry, like opening for Dua Lipa, and how she wants to be a part of the change of Asians in the music industry. We'll also take a listen to her song, Voicemails, off her new EP, Epitome. Cool. So um, did you get a chance to look over the, the questions I sent? Yeah, I did. Okay, yeah. so I do have a couple here and there, but like, uh, that I did add to my list. So like um, the first question I have is like, where are you from and what style of music um, do you like to create? So I'm from Phoenix, Arizona and um, I was born and raised there. And the style of music I like to create is so all over the place. I really, <laughs> obviously like it's, it's pop inspired. And I think the base of everything I do is pop. Um, but I do really love, I, I mean, I loved growing up on like pop punk and I love, you know, R&B, I love hip hop. So um, a lot of my music has different influences from these other genres, but at the base of it all, it's pop. Okay. I see that I, I've been listening to your music for like the past like week prepping for this oh. like over and over again. It's, and like your songs are really good. Like all of them are like really catchy and like there's no, there's no doubt that like you're gonna go like far in the industry as well. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. <laughs> so, um, why did you get into music? Um, I just it was kind of like one of those things where it's just like buried deep in your soul, you know. Um, <laughs> like I, as a kid, like I always knew that I loved music. I loved like just like singing and stuff for fun. And I grew up. Um, my parents put me in classical piano from a young age. I was five. So just being around music, I knew that I loved music. And then it just took me a while to discover like just the kind of music that I liked. And then it kind of led me along the path of doing pop. And then I you know, started discovering artists that I like. And I was like, oh, okay, this is so cool. Like this, this is like a real job that people have. And so luckily I've had a lot of support in my life and I was able to, you know, do that <laughs> yeah it's it's definitely an, an Asian stereotype where everyone like starts doing music really young and then like at some point your parents are like okay what do you want to do and then it goes into the whole stem of like oh you want to do music that's how about being a doctor or a lawyer yeah. or <laughs> like I like I I'm basically in the same boat as you I I did like I didn't do classical piano but I did like singing when I was younger like from like age from like age like nine to ten and yeah. I really liked it and then I just my parents were like it's too expensive to keep going so you're just gonna quit and then I picked it I picked up back I picked up music again in middle school playing in like bands so yeah. it was it was something really kind of cool um so yeah. who or what is your musical inspiration oh <laughs> I have I always have like this one answer and it's always the same I love Avril Lavigne <laughs> is really like my icon, my pop queen. She really just revolutionized, I feel like the industry. And that was in a time where things, I just feel like it was so, she was so unexpected. She was like really just doing her own thing. And I love that about her. So like, I'd say from a young age, like has always been a lifelong inspiration of mine. Uh, Of course I have like some more modern inspirations of like sounds and stuff I love you know Rihanna I love people who are you know they have a music career but their career is so much more than that they're really like changing the industry they're really you know opening people's minds to new ideas and and they're just revolutionary so I love especially women um creators that are doing that so yeah like Rihanna, Avril, um, 
gotta love some Britney Spears. You know, she's a classic. <laughs> you just love but, the people who are unapologetically themselves, more or less. Exactly. Yeah. And that's that's something that that really like speaks to a lot of fans. Is that like if you're not corporately made and you're just yourself and you're doing your your thing, you're doing your music for yourself, then that's something that's more appealing to them and right. more appealing to like the fan itself. For sure. And sometimes, you know, it's interesting because you are watching these people have been in the spotlight for so long. So you're really watching their journey from like, oh, being maybe really young and not exactly knowing who they are to like really finding their way. And then, you know, by the time they're, you know, a full adult, they're like, okay, I've had enough experience and I know like what I like and what I don't like, and this is what I like. And then like, but the rest kind of thing. So yeah. like, I just love yeah. their journey to have growth and, and just, it's so humanizing, you know? Yeah. Um, so how was it opening for Dua Lipa when you were in Colorado? <laughs> it was the coolest thing ever. Um, <laughs> it was like probably to this date, the craziest, like coolest night of my life. Um, it was such a crazy story because I used to work at the venue that I performed at. And I was like a, I don't know, technically I was security, but I would like, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> but I would like take tickets or, you know, like stand by the bathrooms and man the bathrooms or, you mm-hmm. know, just kind of like stuff like that. And I was working there when I was in college. And then this came so full circle. I had quit because I was like, I'm going to LA. I'm going to pursue this. I had only been in LA for a couple of weeks. And then I got the call from my friend who was, who books for the venue. It's called Fillmore. Okay. It was like, she was like, Oh, have you moved to LA yet? And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And she was just like, well, I have like this spot open. Do you want me to submit you for Dua Lipa? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, who would say no to that? Like, oh, right. like uh, yes, I will absolutely like hop on a plane, even though I just moved and I'm like super in debt. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Obviously. So then she's like, okay, yeah, cool. I'll let you know. And then a few days passed and it, the show was coming up so soon. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, they didn't pick me. I didn't hear anything. You know, she was like contacting them being like, hey, like any word we kind of need to know. And then nothing. And then three days before the show two or three days before the show she like called me in the morning and was like chloe you got it and i was like i just woke up i was like what (laughs) and i was like oh okay i guess i'm like hopping on a plane tonight like okay so i had to like obviously i called up some of my homies that are that i like used to play in um, my band with me back at school and Mm -hmm. Hey, could you just like learn this whole set like really quick? <laughs> hey, if if any, that is like the pinnacle of like of of music sto- music industry stories. Like, oh, I know a friend of a friend that like got me in, and then I had to call up my friends to like be my band, and like it was just right. like, a couple days before. That's a great story. That's really good. Um, did, did you get to meet her, or did, did she's like cool? Thanks for opening, kid. <laughs> yeah, she. It was kind of like I mean, I did get to meet her. I was going off stage, finishing my sound check, and she was going on stage finish, or to go start her sound check, mm-hmm. and we just passed each other. And I was like, in my head, I was like, should I say, should I say something? I was like, oh my god! Oh my god! She's coming like so close to me. I was like, she's looking at me. Oh my god! What do I do? <laughs> so, like, no, oh, be cool, be cool, like chill. And then she came up to me and she was like, I'm not going to try and do her accent, but it's adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, She's like, hi, Chloe, thank you so much for doing this. She like gave me a hug and it was so sweet. And that was like the extent of our conversation. But I was like, I'm happy with that. Okay. Um, so what led you down the path and what motivates you to keep going and making music? Um, what led me down the path was just like the love for this outlet of expression and just it was the only thing that would really get me through a lot of things in my life that I just like didn't know how else to express my feelings about and the thing that just motivates me is to be honest like I have really well there's a couple things (laughs) first thing is obviously just the passion and and the love for music and 
just the idea that one day this could become like a full-fledged career lifestyle and everything like if I could be surrounded by music all the time 24 7 you know that's the dream and be able to support myself you know so that's a huge motivation and then on top of that I just feel like being in a community that I even now just I'm fairly still kind of new to LA I've only been here for a couple years but you know the community so far has just been so so nourishing and I just love the energy that I get from the people around me that are also creators we understand each other and it just makes me want to continue doing that and continue meeting new people and continue like you know just growing and having fun honestly it's like just so fun yeah (laughs) that's basically like what like the old saying like oh if you have fun what you're doing you're never working a day in your life exactly that's like literally how I feel it's amazing so yeah that's that's great um so how is it working with uh 3v method so they have been so wonderful to me and um I actually have known them it's probably, yeah, it's probably been like a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so weird how we all connected. It was literally how you hear in LA, the stories of being like, oh yeah, you never know like who you're going to meet if you just literally put yourself out there as much as possible. So I was like in this mode of just writing sessions, like putting myself in writing sessions with people that I didn't know, like calling friends and being like, hey, do you have any friends that are like down to right? And just like literally going in rooms with strangers 24 seven. Um, and then I did one session where I met my good friend now, um, or two friends now, Gabe and Lisa. Mm-hmm. And we really just hit it off. And then it took some time after that, but then eventually I was introduced to their manager and then things just kind of, you know, it was like a slow process. We would like keep an eye and like, but then, um, yeah, they're so sweet. They're definitely like a new company, which I like. Yeah. And um, yeah, I've just, I've just really enjoyed like, the the idea of all kind of being in the same place I, I don't feel like I'm like necessarily like answering to someone it feels like we're it's more like a collaborative like yeah it's like we're like a, yeah like a team so mm-hmm. yeah okay and then um so how does your newest release uh walk you out uh different from your previous releases I feel like this is the first song that I really put out that's like uh vulnerable in the sense that like it's not like oh I'm hurt and I'm you know I'm admitting that I'm sad and stuff it's like this is the first one where I'm like damn this could be kind of controversial to people because you know what I'm saying is like really powerful and some people Mm -hmm. might take that the wrong way or maybe people in my personal life or you know, it's just like one of those things where you're saying something pretty bold, like get the fuck out of here. Yeah. People can either take that and like, oh yeah, like, yeah, good for her. Like that's what what I got. That's what I got. Okay, cool. (laughs) I was like, I I don't see how this is controversial. It's you taking control of your life. Like what's wrong with that? (laughs) It's funny. I got a comment on one of my Instagram posts and it was someone that I didn't know, but they were like, yo, like, give him a break. I feel kind of bad for the dude, like, <laughs> like, that you're talking about. And I was like, I mean. It was like, that. Like it's a great way of, like, starting a conversation about, like, relationships and how, like, sometimes they just don't work out. And, like, right. at it's, some point you get fed up and you just want to, like, restart, purge the purge everything. Yeah, and I think that's totally, like, it's, you know, the song and, and the vibe of it is, like, slightly aggressive but like in all reality it's like that's just something that happens I feel like to everyone and it's just like a feeling that you have and it's true and real to what I was feeling so I'm not going to try and hide it or or like tame it because it's not like true to what I you know what actually was happening so 
you're staying true to your to your inspiration of Avril Lavigne, but also throwing a little Beyonce Beyonce feel like to the box to the left kind of. Yes, exactly. It's like it's just like a you know female like empowerment. It doesn't even have to be female, just whoever. But like, yeah, it's, yeah. You know what? I know what I want, and like, even if I'm still sad about other stuff, like that's not the focus right now. Yeah, and I think we're we're in an age in the music industry where we're kind of the artist is being in control of themselves more and they're being vulnerable. And it's not like it's corporately made. This is like raw emotion at its finest. Right. And that's what music can kind of do, do to people is that like, no one knows what you're feeling, but the music can describe that really well. Right, exactly. It's like, it's the difference between different senses of like, you know, some people really take in information mm-hmm. Auditorily, auditorily, auditorily. Yeah. Orally? <laughs> How do you say that? <laughs> it's one of those words. It's it's there like you, yeah. When when you, when you hear something, you feel the, the emotions more or less, exactly. right? Yeah. Versus like seeing something, like being a visual learner and stuff. So yeah, you get what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So what are uh name one or two challenges that you face as an indie musician in this current like time during the pandemic and during like 2021 yeah I think it's just uh it's very everything is very like internally challenging for me personally Mm -hmm. and I think it's just it has taken a long time to get over this like imposter syndrome and feeling like I'm not good enough or like that I'm like faking it till I make it or you know, really believing that I have something special. Mm -hmm. And so that has been a huge, especially in the day and age of like, God, I sound like my grandma, the day and age of social media and stuff, but like, it's true because also in the pandemic, that's all we really have to do is like scroll on TikTok and go on Instagram. It's like, we don't have any FaceTime with people right now, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I'm like scrolling on TikTok, looking at these amazing singers, every single person. I'm like, oh my God, they were born with that. Like it's (laughs) crazy that, you know, the talent and the songwriters out there and the people who are just naturally beautiful. And you're like, I cannot believe you're real. Like, you know, comparing yourself and being like, why, why would the world want me when they could have this kind of thing, which is just so when I look back and when I like really think about it, it's just like, that's not true at all. I, you know, everyone has something really special to give. We are all individuals and that's what makes us special. So I think that has been a really big challenge of just like overcoming those thoughts and also learning how to put myself out there in a way that I feel like is genuinely me because I'm very like, goofy and like I you know like some, I don't really give a shit but like I used to think like oh god people are gonna think I'm so fucking weird and you know but now I'm just kind of starting to like feel comfortable posting like goofy silly videos and stuff and it seems like people are like responding to them yeah. so it makes me feel like I can actually connect with these people on a deeper level than just like hey, listen to my song, or hey, like, let me promote, you know, it doesn't have to be like that. I, I really want a deeper connection with people. So and anyway, that's, that was a long answer. <laughs> no, that, that's, that's great. Like, that's one of the reasons why, like, a lot of artists who have, like, the staying power, they are intimate with their fan base. They, like, the reason why they listen to the music is because it's relatable, but also when they see you being as goofy as you are, being as openly vulnerable as you are, it makes them feel more comfortable about being themselves as well. Yeah, which is all, that's all I want. If you can get one person to like feel the same emotion you felt and they can relate, then that's like, you've done your job as a musician. Yes, exactly. You got and, uh, it. Yeah, yeah. And like, um, it's like, for me, like, I'm not used to getting compliments all the time. So like, when I'm working with like Benham, I'm working with uh, all the other people at the university, I'm doing the hard work that's like required of me. I'm like, why are you giving me praise? I'm just doing what I need to be, what I need to be doing. Like I just plug along and I'm just doing it. And yet they're like, oh, he's doing, they're doing such a good job. Like his team's doing really great. I'm like, 
we are. Yeah. It's like, stop giving me praise. I don't, I, I, I you're setting me up to fail. Like, I just, I want right? yeah, like, to expectations. <laughs> I'm like, I want to keep expectations low. But it's like, no, they're putting me like, they expect high of me. Cause like, I'm, it's just like, if you put the work in, then results will come out. That's the right. whole thing. Yeah. Like, and I think it's <laughs> funny that like those types of people, it's interesting, at least in my lifetime and that, that I've encountered those types of people that are like the afraid of failure and like, you know, that are like not good at taking compliments or, you know, receiving praise is, are the people that are like going above and beyond, which yeah. is like so interesting to me. And then sometimes you meet people who have these huge egos and they're like, Hey, I'm, I'm all that. And I'm confident and they have the confidence, but then the work isn't there. Yeah. So it's just like finding that balance of, you know, it's, I don't even know. Like, you know, like, yeah. the balance, like, it's just so, it's hard. It's so hard. Yeah. Finding the balance of doing what you're supposed to be doing, what you should be doing is like a weird thing to, thing to, to grasp. Yeah, for sure. And like, so going into another question. So how do you feel about Asians in the music industry? Do you think that we're underrepresented, overrepresented? Should we be pushing to, to be more vocal, especially in these tough times especially now yeah Ooh. all right <laughs> i'm like i'm getting ready for gearing up for this one because i have some things to say um speak your truth girl speak I, your truth. <laughs> I, mm, I do feel like we have been extremely underrepresented um and right now i do feel like things have started to change a little bit mm-hmm. um and i'm very proud of that i'm very proud to be kind of in this movement of people really noticing us mm-hmm. and noticing us for what we are and not for our stereotypes mm-hmm. which i feel has been such a huge challenge especially being asian american living here you know and being I mean, just even remembering like what it was like to grow up in school. I was at a predominantly white school um, in elementary and middle school and stuff. And like, it was really like these microaggressions that were just societal and not Mm -hmm. even necessarily these people's fault, but it was just these little tiny things that literally formed me into thinking that I was in a separate category than any of any of these people as people and now as musicians. So I think of myself, you know, as I, as, you know, I'm so proud to be Asian American. I'm proud to have a Chinese heritage, but like, sometimes I just find myself thinking like, oh, I'm not like in the same category as these other people because yeah they have a history of being represented in the media so often. And so since I don't look like them, that makes me, I don't know, somehow just like in a completely different light. Yeah. So I just think that the progress that we have made has been amazing. I think 88 Rising has done some dope things and they are really paving the way. I think like Transparent Agency and all these companies that are really highlighting Asian talent are mm-hmm. doing, they're doing the Lord's work, you know? Yes, yes, <laughs> like, they're doing the work that needs yeah. to be done. Right, and I just think that's, like, so cool, and it's it's up to us now, like, you know, to kind of come together and just appreciate each other and support each other at this point, and that's, like, you know, that's all we can do, and yeah, I'm for it. I'm, yeah. I'm the whole point of this podcast was to kind of push the idea that like we deserve a seat at the table because we are doing good work we have great music and people just need to listen right yes exactly. and like when I was doing the research for the first initial podcast like I didn't realize how low the number was for Asians for Asian artists until I saw it so Dominican University did a um, research on like how many actual signed artists are on major labels by ethnicity and they found that Point one, uh, points zero point six percent of Asian Americans are actually signed artists, as opposed to one point seven seven four for foreign born. 
Oh, wow. So we are, so you and many other artists I, I want to interview and talk to are the strong few, but we are changing the, changing the game. We have to pave the way like how Apollo Hill, a producer um, said in a um, interview he did for, for Chico University, he was like, um, granted a lot of people kind of uh, hate on Bruce Lee and Jackie Chan for kind of playing in the stereotypes, but like they, figuratively figuratively and literally kick the door in for us to open up right and like that's the whole point that like we want to do as like asian as young asian artists is like to push ourselves to like see ourselves in the spotlight and it's one of the great things like like uh, granted i was one of those kids where my parents were like my dad was a dentist so he pushes me he pushes me to be a dentist but like the idea of like the struggle of pulling yourselves by your bootstraps and like making yourself into something that no one thought you could be mm-hmm. is appealing. Like yeah. the struggle is, is, is more appealing than the actual reward kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, that statistic is always the craziest statistic I will always come back to. Like we can change that number. That number is growing drastically and 88 rising is one of those great people, great groups that I want to do another podcast on. I hope, I can see you falling into their ranks as well, just because like you fit you fit them really well. Yeah. And I do hope that happens to you as well, because like that's like the pinnacle for for us right now is right. Idiot, right? <laughs> doing head in the being on head in the clouds with like right. Jackson Wang, Br- Rich Brian, and everyone. Yeah, it's so yeah, it is definitely like we are on our way. I think there's a lot of I mean, just being in it is just even yesterday. Actually, do you know Trace? I've heard of them. But okay, yeah, she's an artist. Um, so she took over the Dope AF playlist on um, Spotify and mm-hmm. she put one of my songs on there and I was like, oh, this is so cool. And it's basically just Asian female artists on that. They're being highlighted on this playlist. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting to me that when... I go through these kinds of playlists. Um, I pretty much either know or have heard of all of them. And I think that's great. I think it's dope that like, you know, we all know each other, but that just says like how small this community is, especially women that are Asian. Um, I think that's like just like eye opening. Yeah. And I think that it's such an honor to be kind of, you know, watching this and a part of it. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else I was going to say, but that's it. (laughs) Yeah. Is um, so, is there any like Asian artist that that you listen to that inspires you? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Love Nikki. Who doesn't love Nikki? Obviously just like a queen. She is so inspirational what she has done what she had you know like I really just look up to her in a way and also it's silly because she's a lot younger than me I think I think yeah she's like 22 something like that okay yeah (laughs) so she's she's younger than me and just to see her journey and just to watch her grow and you know even from the very start the first song I heard of hers I was like this girl's special this girl like she produces her own stuff. She, she writes. Her writing is incredible. She just has like an amazing natural talent. And I think that they cultivated that very, very well for her. Mm-hmm. So love her. Um, I just watched the Blackpink documentary <laughs> somewhat recently. And I was just like, yes, girls. Like, you know, it's just like amazing how far they've come in America. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that's like, we're literally it, just in the past couple of years, the whole idea of like K-pop groups and stuff is blowing up here. And I'm just like, that's so fucking cool. That's like mainstream shit, you know? Yeah. So sorry, I'm getting like totally off topic again. No, but- no, that's totally fine. Like this is open. <laughs> like I love the conversation. Like just imagine like back in 2008 we had like the biggest k-pop group was big bang and then like it was so underground everyone was like oh it's so weird why why are you watching why are you listening to that and then now it's like the thing to to listen to like if you're listening to blackpink or bts you are 
underestimating the power that, that they have. Yeah. Like, I remember see, hearing, reading articles that like when they did the, when BTS did Rock, New Year's Rock and Eve, there were people commenting on Twitter, like, why are these like feminine boys dancing on New Year's Rock and Eve? <laughs> and then the army went after them. Yeah. And oh, the they, army yeah. is dedicated. <laughs> they, they, they found they found this dude's uh, place of work, his address. They emailed his 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 boss and be like, hey, you don't want anyone like this representing your company. He's like, yeah, he's fired. And I was like, fired him right there. That is so crazy and that's the thing is like they are so powerful and like people just don't realize it yet like we are just on our way to being like like that shit is so incredible and so like crazy because I just feel like it wasn't even that long ago that like people were like going like this to me you know what I mean and that was like a normal thing and like yeah it I just can't believe now I just feel so much more love and appreciation for my culture from people of other cultures. And um, so, yeah, I'm like just so grateful to live in the time that we live in. And I think it's revolutionary. I just, yeah. And I've seen that like you, you're, you're on TikTok, you're on Instagram. So like, how do you feel like social media has, do you feel like social media has kind of helped uh, Asians kind of break out in like the mainstream? Yeah. Definitely. I think um, a huge thing is, I think, yeah, it's so hard because like you're, I think that is literally the main thing that has helped us because in media before social media was a thing, there were people that were like holding the keys to the gates and not allowing Asians to be represented in movies and TV and everything. And so like two people, they were a side character or they yeah. were like a background character. And now on TikTok, especially just because that's like, from what I've seen mainly is the place where people are really like hyping up Asian creators and they're like really getting on board with them. And, you know, in every way in fashion, like those, um, Chinese street streetwear TikToks like yeah. up. and then now I feel like people are just realizing that we're not side characters we yeah. are like we can also be the main character yeah like, we're here yeah and you guys just didn't really realize or appreciate it because of the media and how we were portrayed before but now it's like we are, we out here, you know? <laughs> we out here, we, we killing the game. We, we doing better than everyone else. Like um, we have to give the the major nod to YouTube because like a lot of, I've, I found a lot of Asian creators that way. Like yes. Melissa Polinar, Jeff Burnett, uh, Wong Fu Productions, JK Films. Like they were the ones who were kind of, I do mention them in the, in the first episode of the podcast, but like they were the ones who were like saying like, hey, we don't have to fall into these stereotypes. We can actually control what we what we do and how we act yeah. and how we are portrayed. And that's something that was like very beautiful to me because like we were just like we're doing we're out here we're doing the work. Like we don't need the major studio to give us any funding. We're gonna do it our own. We're gonna become famous on our own. Yeah, and they yeah. really did that. Like they yeah. like really did that, <laughs> which yeah. is so dope. And like now it's like paving the way, and it's just becoming like more accessible for people and especially younger people too, like in their teens and stuff going through these really important vital phases of their life and being told like, Hey, you guys are, you guys are allowed to be beautiful and cool and creative and like, you know, everything that everyone else is allowed to be like, yeah. and you're allowed to be recognized for it too. So put, put your shit on TikTok, like yeah. put it on there. Like, you know do you be unapologetic and don't let anyone get you down like do you yeah. don't be don't let the haters hit get you down yeah for and sure. like that's the whole like part of us like growing as as a society is that like we're seeing more of ourselves in the media we're seeing more of ourselves being representative that way we can inspire the next generation to be like to be like us to, oh, yeah. to be better than us yes yeah just keep yeah just like keep paving away for us and like I don't think that'll ever stop. It feels really good that we've gotten this going. And it's like, I'm just so excited to see 
what happens as we continue like this journey together you know yeah was voicemails by chloe tang make sure you listen to the rest of this amazing track and chloe's new ep epitome on spotify or wherever you stream your music let's get back to the interview and so um I see you're you're working on uh, Epitome. Your your next is that a new single or a new album? It's an EP. Um, okay. That's I didn't even realize when we scheduled this interview, but it actually comes out tonight. Oh shit! <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, I'll probably 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 put this all together, edit it, and then post up the post it up as soon yeah. as possible. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's really great. That's like I can't wait to hear it come out. Like. It's probably going to be amazing, like all the other stuff that you have. Thanks. Yeah, it's coming out tonight. It'll be 9 p.m. PST. And um, there's it actually has eight songs, but a lot of them are singles that I've already put out. So I think like four, there's four singles or three singles that I've already put out. But um, yeah, this is kind of like a... A culmination of like, like the last couple of years. Yeah, exactly. It's very much a um, a journey through time and less of like a, you know, sometimes there's people have albums about like one specific thing and they're like really honing in on that. And mm-hmm. for me, this has been a very long journey the past few years of just living in LA. And this is, these songs are like, this is what happened here. This is what happened here. And like, and they all kind of like come together because you know, it's like kind of chaotic, but that's just like life. <laughs> yeah, it's it's basically like a mini autobiography about you and like your your journey, like through yeah. you making music and everything. Literally, yes. So that'll be out tonight. I'm actually really excited. I'm I'm I sometimes get really nervous on release days. And why? Like, you got I don't know. <laughs> you, you did you did all the good work and like it's it's gonna it's culminating to this. Like that's yeah. I guess I know. <laughs> yeah like so at UOP we have our own like music label Pack Ave Records and we're we're helping another Asian artist by the name of Ya Kim he is uh releasing his out his EP in like I think early April but he released oh, this oh yeah he released a single I'll send I'll send you an email with 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 yeah. the links and everything but um yeah Benham's like really loving what we're doing and <laughs> it's funny seeing Benham like so um I also promote a um open mic with a, with a couple of friends um for the for the university and like he is Benham has come through like t- once or twice with it with his music and I'm like Benham you are killing it right now you are like let let the kids shine you are you are in this dude you need to like 
sit sit down a little bit you you're rocking it right now oh my god i'm dead <laughs> he I'm, I'm glad that that he put me in contact with you like he is just killing it wherever he is i and love that you you were with him in colorado right yeah yeah he was my professor you know it's so funny i have a very like n- not um your typical like professor student relationship with him it's because... it's never like that with, with yeah. these students we're just yeah, like we're, we're calling right. everyone by their first name we have their we have their cell phones like it's yeah, not something... text them. <laughs> yeah. I know. so funny yeah it was he was my uh he taught I think he taught two classes that I had but then he actually became my drummer for a while because <laughs> it yeah it was, it was the whole babysat his kids you know in in the music industry there's no such thing as a straight line like you're you're going everywhere and you're like we're friends now okay so yeah yeah no for real though like I literally still text him and I'm like hey like how's your wife how's Cindy like how are the kids you know like yeah I love that guy did did you text him when I when I emailed he's like hey who's this kid that's texting me (laughs) why why did you email me no he barely, he barely emails me so when he does I'm just like all right let's go with it like you know what I mean I know it's special so yeah he's like he signed off he's he, he gave the okay he's fine yeah I, I was like yeah if Venom like if I trust everything that Venom does so like if he sends me an email I'm like okay let's do it and that's like kind of the cool thing about like what like myth was dispelled when I joined like UOP and like started working in the industry is that like Every like my parents were like, oh, the music industry is so doggy dog. Like you're gonna you're gonna be hungry, you're gonna be starving. I'm like, and then when I got to UOP and started working, I was like, it's nothing like that. Yeah, people are actually like chill. <laughs> yeah, people are nice and people are like, we're we're in this together. We're all struggling, so it's all yeah. like, let's let's do a collective thing where we all get to eat. That's like why are we do why are we putting everyone down? It's all about like, it's all peace and love. Yeah, it really is. That's like the core of it all because. That's, <laughs> I mean, the people that are in music are usually pretty like in touch with their feelings. Yeah. In touch with other people and connecting and stuff. So like, it only makes sense that we would do that. And I think, unfortunately, there are sides of it because it's not necessarily like as streamlined as other industries. Mm-hmm. But that's like with anything, you just kind of like, you know, find something that isn't necessarily your vibe or you don't vibe with. And then you're like, okay and now I know and I can move on you know yeah and I'm assuming like I was gonna ask like I should have asked this earlier but like so how's working with like Kovex we met Kovex like a couple a couple weeks a couple months ago because he was a guest speaker for Benner's oh. class so how was working with him yeah it was cool it was um him and I actually didn't it was kind of funny because we were like distantly um friends we weren't like it's like, oh, we're, oh, we're, we're in Benham's class together, so we kind of know each yeah, other type of deal. Totally, yeah. And I don't actually remember exactly how that song... I think I hit him up or something because I knew, like, you know, he's doing some great things. And I was, mm-hmm. like, in a space where I was trying to collaborate with other producers and stuff, and I was like, hey, would you want to maybe, like, write sometime? And he sent me over the track that now is Vertigo. Mm-hmm. And... I, I think I just like sat with it for a few days and just wrote the whole thing, um, like alone in my room. (laughs) And then I came to his place and then we recorded vocals and it was like literally that simple. And then we put it out and like, it, like, it was so crazy, like how easy it was, (laughs) you know, like, I just feel like the vibe was there. I was so about the track. I was like, this is so dope. This is so cool. I really feel like this is the vibe. And then, yeah, he like, we like laid down vocals at his place. And then we, oh, we did like a little photo shoot for the promo and stuff. But yeah, it was like super chill. He's such a dope and chill guy that it was like literally no fuss about anything. It was so easy. Yeah. And then what What about uh, Bokeh? Oh, so his name is also RJ. Oh, it is. <laughs> is he also Filipino? Because I feel like that's like a common thing for Filipinos. Yes, it's like, is. oh, they yeah. have two. Yeah, it's always yeah. it's like it's like Ronell Jr. or so it's, yeah. it's like, or, yeah. and, then, and then the J is the junior part. Like it's something yeah. like that. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, 
So yeah, his name is actually also RJ. Um, and I met him, oh, it was at a party. So random. I think, yeah, it was like a party or something in the Hollywood Hills. And it was like a company. I don't, honestly, I don't remember. I just like went because I was like, okay, one of my friends is going, whatever. I met him and his manager there. And I remember approaching him because he was like the only other Asian person at the party. Um, we got stick together. They were just so cool and welcoming. And he was just like the sweetest guy. And then so we ended up getting coffee and just talking about music. And I was like, hey, I just moved here to LA. I want to know, I want to know more Asian creators. Like, mm-hmm. Like, can you like help me out? And he was like, for sure, I got you. And then, you know, we hung out a couple times. His girlfriend, Steph, is like the sweetest. I love them. They're the cutest couple ever. (laughs) And then I just kind of, you know, we just like started hanging out. We went to like, I think we went to the, um, one of the night markets in Chinatown one day. Mm -hmm. And yeah, from there on, like, he has just been such a homie. And then we literally wrote that song nice guy like it's such a it's such a cute song like it's 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 definitely something that would come out of the mind of a filipino just because we're we're so fucking cheesy like it it stems from like a long history of us just being like weird weirdly (laughs) like i I did did a whole presentation about about the history too so like apparently in the philippines like so there's a there's a spanish style of guitar or like string instruments called rondala and so like they were used for a weddings, parties and for what's called harana or legal. So harana is like, you grab your homies, you, you all have a guitar or something or, or some like loot or something. And then you sing to your, you sing to your girl in the oh. balcony oh. and you'd be like, hey, like we should get married. Like, look at me, me and you together, let's do this. Like, it's basically oh. that. And I was like, that's how cheesy we are. We'll, we'll make a big scene out of it. Oh my God. Okay. That's so funny because as, okay. I think as we were writing it, it was literally just like one of these like casual, he's like, Hey, come by the studio. A bunch of us are hanging out. I was like, okay, cool. Drove over there, met all of his friends. So nice. Mm -hmm. And he was like, Hey, what do you think about this? Should you write it first? And I was like, okay, let me just get my phone out. Let me just write a little something, something like it was like not supposed to be anything like, like like nothing official. Like, Oh, we're we're, we're not even writing up, writing up contracts right now. It's just like, Oh, (laughs) we're just having fun here. (laughs) I was just like, Oh, this is so cute. Like, and he was like, yeah, like, you know, I'm the nice guy. I was like, I like that. You know, we get all use a nice guy in our lives. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it just literally came out. And then he was like, he's like, hey, I'm going to like release this. Are you cool with that? I was like, totally. Like, <laughs> okay. Like, and he just like did everything. And I was like, this is so cute. Like, it's, it's such a vibe. And I, I love that guy. And I'm like, so sad that I haven't seen him in a while because of COVID and stuff. But yeah. Love him. He's a good friend. Yeah, that's really good. Like, I, I just, I was like listening to everything. And I was like, there's a lot of range in your discography just by itself. Like, you have a lot <laughs> of like trap beats. You have like Nice Guy, which is really kind of like acoustic. And then like, when you go into like your Stranger EP, like that's more acoustic and everything. Yeah. It's and that a- was like your first like EP. So I was like, that's pretty good. And then the Hungover is like really good. I was like, yo, uh- everything is a banger. And I was like, how is she not like up here? Why is she not like on Billboard or something? She's like killing it right here. Yeah, I uh, have been through quite a journey of figuring out what my sound is. Still not there, but you know, I just love so many different kinds of music that it's like hard for me to choose. I'm literally just so indecisive. I'm like, well, I like this. Well, I like this. So it's like, if you can sing on it, you, you want to sing on it. Like it doesn't yeah. matter the style. It's just like whatever you feel like. It's sort of like how the how the gorillas are just like, it's, they're just doing everything that that appeals to them. Right, exactly. And I don't think there's any, I mean, from an advertising standpoint, it can be definitely hard, but um, I think that that's just like who I am and who I'll always be. And I think I'm probably going to do a folk album at some point and I'm probably going to do a hip hop album at some point. So, you know. I wouldn't be surprised and you would probably kill both of those just (laughs) because it's like, that's why like, it's so cool being a musician is because like, literally all music is relative and like 
And I don't know why, like, the common listener always is like, oh, it has to be pure hip-hop or it has to be pure R&B. I'm like, we're, we're in the age where everything is cross-promoting and everything's cross, uh, like, cross-contaminating. Like, it's not anything strange. It's like, that's how music develops. Exactly. And that's, like, it's unrealistic to expect the same thing from somebody because they're growing as a person, too. Like, those, you know, those artists, sometimes people see them as, like, products and I think that that's one angle to take but also you have to remember that they're human they're growing in their own personal lives and that's going to show through their expression of music and I love John Mayer so much and that's like he's one of those artists that you're just like you can see you can see yeah the growth is great I love his new his new song the the new song he released was like new light and that was like typical of like the of like high school where you're just like you want to be with the girl but like she don't give you the time of day so you yeah. just, just give me a chance that's all yeah, I, want to say for. <laughs> I swear you'll see me in a new light it's like, i'm not i swear i'm not weird it's just it's just i'm really awkward around you specifically right. <laughs> <laughs> if you saw me around other people like you would yeah. know <laughs> yeah for sure yeah and like it always speaks to like how people interact like because I, I sense like a different uh like for for every song that, that I listen to, like there's always a different of the same artist. There's always a different perspective that they're taking from. It's, it might be like different groups of people that are around. Like people tend to act differently around different people. Yeah, totally. I agree. Like every like everyone has their talk has their request. Like hi, how are you? Hello. And then when you're with your friends, like hey, you what's need up? to. Like, <laughs> hey, what's up? Like you're just basically like you change tones and like that makes people three dimensional. Oh like, yeah, definitely yeah. Like you could you could be Pat Boone and be like very clean cut and just stay clean cut if you want, but like you could be Little Richard and like sing your heart out. Totally, and I think that's like so. It is very interesting the way that the music industry has created um, things to be more digestible for the consumer, as far mm-hmm. as people, like branding people as their artistry. And I think it's cool. Like like John Mayer has had a really long career because he has kind of diverged from that, and mm-hmm. someone that I've just really looked up to now is Doja Cat because she has so many different sides and people are loving it. They're like, we'll never get bored with this girl. Like, you know, but they're doing it right. You know, I just love that about her. She's so goofy and like dumb and you know what I mean? Like she's just unapologetically her. And that's like, that's, that's something that, that everyone appeals to like being unapologetically yourself. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned Doja Cat because like there was uh, I follow like um, a college like music sharing site Quadio Media and like so they put up like so what was uh, you wrote a paper about blank and what was your grade like it could be about anything so I was like I wrote a paper about the amazingness that is Doja Cat and got an A (laughs) because I basically I basically talked about how she went from bitch I'm a cow to say so and like she's killing it because of tiktok like tiktok was greatly helpful for her mm-hmm. and like I, it also leads to, to another artist that i'm like i'm gonna focus on because like i wanted to be like because the first episode was like really early youtubers and like a lot of males and i said like, okay i interviewed a interviewed a, uh, another male friend and then i was like okay i'm gonna do the queens and i'm gonna do i'm gonna put you because you're you're a female artist but like in the queen in like the the female artist category i was like there's so many good ones to choose from like who do i choose i'm like let me see streaming numbers. And I was like, have you heard the coffee song, the coffee for your head song? Yes. Yeah. So B the booty, the, the girl who wrote that from England, she's also Filipino grew up in the, uh, born in the Philippines, grew up in London. Oh. She wrote the song kind of a cute little art piece. Yeah. And then um, I think it's like Wofu, like grabbed the, the, the chorus of the song up, uh, up, uh, put it up two octaves. And that that's her singing the the little chorus part. Oh, okay. And like she's only twenty, and she has like fourteen million like monthly listeners on Spotify. And I was like, "Are you kidding?" What? That's crazy. Like that just shows you the power of social media, but also like the level that like TikTok gets now. Like mm. it's what it's what Instagram was like a couple years ago. Right. Yeah. Like it's it's gonna be a cycle. Soon enough, you're gonna get another another version of it that will like stay on top. But like, it's just crazy that like social media and like 
just something that like you were doing for fun turned into turned into a career it's so crazy and that's like mind-blowing and it's really interesting because now I'm seeing all these like kind of controversial videos about like TikTok musicians versus real you know what I mean not like real musicians but yeah like, or like you know, signed releasing music and not putting on TikTok right yeah yeah or like TikTok dancers versus professional dancers or like it's just really interesting because the power is there and I just think that it's really interesting to have another um dimension to these kinds of art forms because we've only really had this one standard of like hey if you're assigned if you're signed to a big record label that means something but now it's like oh I'm not signed but I have like three million followers on TikTok and they all listen to my music it's like okay well then like that's your thing and that's (laughs) like that's still dope you know it's it's all about how you hold yourself and how well you do things because like I have a friend who so I have a friend who like has a friend who has a podcast and he's like he, he talks about how he has over like three million like a million people on on Instagram but he doesn't get enough people listening on the podcast I'm like well why is that I'm looking at him like this podcast is about nothing mm. and like it's it like you could do the whole Seinfeld thing a show about nothing you just gotta give them a structure give them something to to listen to yeah if you're just coming off the top of your head it's nothing that's gonna form but like the reason why Seinfeld was so successful is because it literally took a microscope to everything and then blew that out of proportion. Right. They over dramatize it. And like, yeah, even if it's about nothing, like, like make it a thing to be nothing, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, yeah. Make it like a thing, like fo- have a focused um, direction with it and stuff. Yeah. And like, that's kind of like what comes all the way down full circle back to the music industry is that like the music industry is so ripe with potential Mm -hmm. and everyone can, can have a piece. It's not about this platform versus that platform. It's like, we're all in this together. It's just like, it depends on what you do. Yeah. And you just got to find your thing. And that's the thing. Like people really trying to be like following other people's footsteps when that's unrealistic because nothing is ever going to happen that way. I was like, yeah sorry yeah so you like you can follow their example but that that doesn't mean you have to copy them word for word you can be just as good on your own it's just they're they're giving you the landscape you just have to paint your own picture yeah for sure that's a good analogy I like that okay so I thank you again for for coming for doing this interview I will definitely like put this up as soon as possible um did you want me to put any music on at the end? Be like, hey, listen to this. Um, if you don't know who Chloe Tang is, like, listen, here's a little bit of a snippet of her, her song. Yeah, for sure. If you want to put on um, something from the EP, maybe, I don't know. Honestly, you you do whatever you think is cool. Cause... Okay. I will, uh, I will definitely listen to the EP and I will contact you and... Just so, just so everyone knows who's listening, this is not for profit. I am not doing anything to make any money off this. Chloe <laughs> is just a great person who, who, who I reached out to that we have connections with. She's a great person. Go listen to her music. She's an amazing person. Follow her on Instagram, TikTok, everything. Um, what is uh, your preferred one? Do you want to spell it out for people so they can find you? Yeah, you know what? On uh, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, I am at beef jerky biff um b-e-e-f j-e-r-k-y b-i-h so like beef, beef jerky <laughs> so how did, how did you fall onto that name like it, it, it sounds like one of those aim like ones like oh you're like raw xd but like you're but the uh, but the r is backwards or something or you put like totally. that sign for the a it's very like myspace age kind of inspired but um yeah actually it's just because that I, somebody called me that one time <laughs> not really a story but it's like kind of a story like i was literally just like driving and then like yeah, these like high school dudes like drove by me and they called me a beef jerky bitch and then threw beef jerky at me. And I was just like, what just happened? And I was like shocked for so long. 
that's the, then, that's the next hit right there you just gotta <laughs> make a song beef jerky bitch oh, i have to it's like gonna be the next album or something because it was yeah it was like the most random like like sitcom moment of my life and i was just like yeah. you just happened like what the fuck <laughs> and then i was just like i guess i'm beef jerky bitch and now i pretty much like just eat beef jerky all the time hey whatever makes you happy you gotta yeah, do it. I'm crazy, you know? yeah thanks again to chloe tang for appearing on this episode and thank you to professor ben and plum for connecting us as well this is your host rj baggis and you can find chloe tang on instagram and tiktok as well as her new ep epitome on spotify links will be in our link tree forward slash rj baggis and our instagram wt asians at dot podcast podcast by rj baggis music by joseph siwa and art by isabel enriquez we'll see you on the next episode to answer the question where are the asians at